And then the guy who was like one of the biggest humans I ever met, you know, and he had like a beard and like, and I remember, I remember this, I remember he had this ring that was significant within that realm because I was going to do a ring flight and I was going to go put the ring on to start my routine. And the guy was like, you put that on and you die. And I was like, okay, <laughs> give it back. Look, I They're guys. They do magic. magic. They are the magic guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 93 of the magic guys. We have three magic guys here today. We got Brennan Dooley, Josh Lombido, and we've got Nick K. <laughs> I, I up, love guys? your own name second. Well, I, I can't end on my own name as the as the... Yes, you, you know, can, because like build. like a normal human being, you go. So with us today, we have Brendan. We have Nick K. I'm Brendan Albedo, X Y Z. Okay, well, <sighs> next time. There, there, there there I'm Josh, I'm really this. sorry. I can't take Brendan anywhere without making a big deal about little things. Brendan, go wait in the car. You're embarrassing me. Stop it. Okay, I'm, not, I'm just doing it for the people listening on audio, because otherwise, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh yeah. So Josh is the other one who's not just said his own name second. Yeah, so we're here for customer experience. Um, everyone's having a great time so far. We can see in the chat, hello, everyone who's joining us. Hey, everybody. Really good to see you all. Um, Lovely to see everyone. I wonder if anyone well, does just listen to audio. Time. I wonder if, because, you know, there are some podcasts where I don't know what the people actually look like because right. I only listen to them. I wonder if that's ever the case with this podcast. Surely. I, well, for me, it people... is. I only ever just do audio with, with this, which is probably not the best idea, seeing that magic is such a good visual medium, but I definitely do that. And I think that uh, leaning into that, we should probably have a good conversation about something. Um, I think, I think uh, Josh saying that, though, I think he also means like in terms of like a content presence and stuff as well, like the fact Number one, you know these guys already. Number two, the idea of, um, you know, social media and everything, they have their imaging, everything else, where a lot of podcasts don't. Yeah. But I think that if you, if I think by nature, podcasts were supposed to be effectively like a radio station yeah. and it's evolved since then. So I think that if you are going to have like a TV show, have it be a TV show. If you're going to have a podcast, um, you know, try leaning to the medium and 80% value of it being yeah. an audio based thing. So, um, which is effectively what this is. It's about three guys, consummate professionals who are also really, really good friends who enjoy each other's company and are going to have a conversation. So before this, we were talking about what should we talk about? Um, That's it. And we came yeah. up with two. Oh, before, just real quick, I should preface because everyone's going to be thinking about this during the episode. Where are Doug and Jason? Well, you know where Jason is. He's on a ship still to ship or not to ship. And he chose to ship. For three months. Uh, Doug is sick. He's like it, it, still shock, it still shocks me. Like He's joined it's the amazing. cult or something, surely. Uh, I know. And amazingly, um, somehow, the show that he's on in the ship is also playing at the Brisbane Festival right now. They've cloned it. They've cloned themselves. And uh, I'm going to go see the show at the festival that Jason's not in, but other great performer friends of ours are in. Uh, yeah. And hopefully and I I've can chat about that next week. Yeah, of course, our good friend Doug, he's a little unwell at the moment. So if you do have him on social media, just send him a little message. Let him know that he's loved and you know, tell him that, hey, we heard you're unwell. Wish you a speedy recovery. So hopefully he'll see him back here next week. Okay? And mention how good the pod was while he was gone. So <laughs> we were, uh, we were, we wrote, I wrote this down quickly 
And I wrote down uh, to eat or not to eat. And uh, there it is. Cool. Well, Let's preface that. So, no, so we're talking about the title ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So what we're talking about, what we're talking about listeners is we're talking about the things that we do before a show. Um, I have a bit of a protocol that I follow, um, you know, right down to like my bathing routine, which I'm not going to share with you guys. because That's just creepy. Although I do go over it in my lectures, um, you know, when we, when we do conventions and so forth. But the one thing that blows me away the most is this. I know so many performers, Brendan Dooley's one of them, where they will not eat before a show. I have to eat before a show. If I don't, my sugar levels drop. And because the type of magic that I perform is so slight a hand heavy, um, I get the shakes and I can't be that type of guy that's doing really hardcore slight of hand while shaking at the same time. Brendan, you don't eat. Tell me this what. Yeah, so for tell me, the listeners I why. will never eat before a show. For me, I feel so often like, you know, when we're doing these corporate dinners and everything else, you know, there's all this lovely food and the client is so proud to be able to go, hey, we've got you. And it's like, I have to be that asshole going, I'm so sorry, I ain't going to eat it. And quite often in the past few years, I'll actually give the client the heads up on that and they get it. Um, but for me, I'll feel bloated on stage. I remember there was one client that really pushed and I ate like and i felt so gross i remember i was emceeing this thing and i just felt bloated and it's you know but i knew that before then but i was like oh this one let's try and push through and it was just like not nah, never again but like even like for me i was emceeing a five-day conference last week i didn't eat all day just because i knew for me being on my a game so for me it's interesting you're talking about like you know your sugar levels and stuff for me i just run on adrenaline for me i love what i do when i'm on stage i'm in the moment that is my zone. That is what I do. And I'm like, that is all my focus is and my body's not processing it, but it is something I'm aware of. So for example, let's say if I know I'm emceeing all day or whatever, I'll have a big dinner the night before and I'll make, oh, okay. and mm. also I'll probably have like a smoothie or something in the morning. Like, you know, like I still, you know, I keep hydrated everything else, <laughs> but in terms of actual food, no. And then let's say it's an evening function. So let's say I'm on stage at seven, I'll probably have a decent meal about three o'clock. So okay. I try to be aware to give my time for that, my body to digest and stuff, but like probably that 90 minute to two hour window before a show. Absolutely. Because mm. I feel that when you feel your body, you've got like a four hour period that you can sort of function and be okay in. Um, if you're someone who performs in the evening or has back, like back to back gigs, like myself, you end up in a situation where it's like, if I don't eat now at this opportune moment, I'm not going to eat at all. And I haven't eaten since like noon. So totally. I am the type I'm the type of guy that will definitely like force feed himself to make sure that I do have that sugar level, that energy that I can burn off. Um, someone made mention just now that they like to have fruit or something before a show. That's a great idea. Thanks, Liam. Um, yeah. Uh, Nabito, you haven't shared your thoughts on this. Well, how do you how do you prep before a show? Are you eating or not eating? And so I, I love food like at naturally at home. If I'm eating, I'm having a big meal. Right. But um if I'm driving to an event, so I, when I, I would say like five years ago, I would leave everything to the last minute. So like I would find myself arriving at a gig like 20 minutes before I meant to start. It's, it's a, it's not a recommendation uh, I share with everyone, but I, that's what I used to do. And because of that, I wouldn't eat before the show because I just, I would always leave stuff to the last minute and I'd be literally eating right before I went in. Now, 
in my more seasoned years, I get to an event like an hour early or I leave so I have so much time to make my way there. And uh, often I'm doing gigs on the Gold Coast, which from Brisbane is like an hour and a half drive. If you're in traffic, it can be two and a half hours. Um, that happened to me just the other day. So I will take uh, just a sandwich and I'll eat it early in the drive. So by the time I'm there, it's digested, it's all good and right. it will sustain me. Um, but typically if I'm heading off to a gig, I will, yeah, I, I'm not really eating. I'll take a snack. I'll, <coughs> quite often I'll eat um, a Snickers bar because I feel like it's not just a chocolate bar. <laughs> it's got like a bit of something to it that'll... Uh, keep me going it's got like and three nuts on top of all the chocolate and caramel absolutely yeah yeah like the three nuts <laughs> will will get me through um i uh i'll be yeah so yeah in all honesty yeah, i'll have a stinkers bar i'll often have a v like a small no sugared v if um if i just really want to make sure i'm just yeah. you know operating at 110 percent energy but if but yeah. if i'm doing a keynote i can't have a v because i'll be too i'll be hyped but i won't be as thoughtful, so I'll I'll normally have a Barocca for a keynote, um, and that that helps my uh, my my brain just that's, fire that's, off better. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's really cool that you're aware of that separation of mindset of like a show, mm. how it's kind of like you can be hyped up but still in the moment, but then kind of what I want this information to be more. I can't think of a better word than sentimental right now, but you know, yeah. have that more of a connection. I think I really appreciate that thinking. Yeah, Especially I love. I love the idea of Josh being in one of those commercials where like Betty White gets on stage and she's trying to do like a magic trick and it doesn't quite work right. And she ends up abusing the audience and then Betty White eats a Snickers bar and turns into Josh Nobito. Hey, <laughs> well, look, I'll take, I'll take that cash. Um, but yeah, I, no, that's yeah, right. I'm, if I'm talking, Apollo already has that gig. So oh, that's true. That's true. Apollo is a friend of ours. He, yeah, he's the Tim Tam genie, Tim Tam commercials. Um, but yeah, if I'm talking for a whole hour, and having to remember a lot of dialogue brokers all the way. Um, and I, I yeah, just always I, remember, I always remember the story that John Armstrong talks about in his, his penguin lecture, his first penguin lecture of how, why he never, ever, ever, ever eats like out, like half a day before his gig, because he did a cruise what? ship gig. He did a cruise ship gig, <clears throat> his first cruise ship gig and he ate and he didn't know he would get seasick. So then he's on stage and he, um, I believe he vomited and it hit someone. Oh, wow. Like he, That's going like, to lead us into our next section very, very did, nicely. He did like a mini spew, like a, just a, like a mini one, but it's still a bit of it projectile onto the woman. And then um, he said that he was just projectiling, he was projectiling from both ends. And he just like, he never got booked again from, obviously from that, that, whatever that, cruise line was or or a thing at the time and um yeah so he's like so now i just will not eat because i can't you know he obviously has trauma from that wow it's uh, like, really interesting because because to, to, to both your points like having a, a bar or something before a show there's one thing that i'll do when i'm in transit to a gig and that's i drink a it's a it's like a, a recovery drink called plus 100 i think it's like made in malaysia or something i get it at the supermarket and i always crack one of those because it's got it's full of vitamins and and all the good bits to hydrate you. So that's one of the things I'll do before um, a show. And I'll always like or some sort of chocolate in my close-up kit just for a little, little love there. Um, and then the last thing as well is that I always have gastro tablets 
in my close-up kit as well. Pro tip. Um, yeah, and and that's and that's a thing from Levent. I I did a um I did a lecture uh, with Levent, and same thing. He just said that like always have these always. Um, yeah, so that's that's one of the things. But to the point of projectile vomiting, like that's something that's really awful that could be happening in a show. We were talking yesterday, Brendan and I, we catch up every Monday and we're talking about like nightmare situations that have happened in gigs. Obviously, throwing up on a woman is pretty, pretty gnarly. Mm. Question to the group now, are there any nightmare stories that you can share from your gigs? Whether you threw up on a woman, I once set a woman's hair on fire. That was a good day. Mm. Um, Yeah. I think we should, I think we should, do we start with that or close with that? Because I can't beat that. Why, putting a woman's hair on fire? Yeah, I definitely I mean, can't I, beat that. I know you've had some odd stories, Brennan, with like uh, post gig, like with that woman sitting on your lap and stuff. One hundred percent. I I hadn't thought about that story in so long, and I thought about with that last night. So that's for me, kind of my closest. Oh, I think. what about what about the one where um, you had bumped your head, and then so for the next show you didn't set oh, up one of your God. tricks? Oh dear God! Okay, that's, yes, that's pretty yes. good. I didn't I didn't know this story. You know, tell us this story, Dilly. Oh, let's start with this bad boy. This is a goodie. Okay, here we go. So, and what was the gig again? I, I, it was like so a I was on, I was on tour at the time. So that's right. I that's think, right. Yeah, it was my first year doing the World Festival of Magic tour. So we were in Gisborne, a lovely theater, packed out show, and we were going out for meet and greet. And this is like November. It's hot here, sweaty, everything. Going out for meet and greet. Now I'm a very tall bugger. So I'm six foot four for reference. So I was walking up the set of stairs and I stepped up into a doorway and banged oh. my head. And so I, like you hit your head like on the top. Right on the top. And like on the crown, mm-hmm. sort of yeah, here. Like maybe like here ish. Okay, because the forehead is the hardest bit, but there is yeah, no, it was, it was not a good time. Forehead, absolutely. So and I fully busted my head open and it hurt like hell. And like, but I was like, oh, I'm all good. Anyway, I'm sweating, so I'm not realizing anything. I go out for meet and greet, and it's quite funny because Gisborne, the city I was in, um, has the reputation of being a bit of a rough city. And it was funny. So go out for meet and greet, and kind of the cast, we weren't looking at each other yet. And, you know, I feel a slightly different drip from my sweat, and I think I'm like, I just kind of go to myself, damn, I think I'm bleeding a little bit. And one of the dancers (laughs) looks at me and just goes, holy shit. And it's just a (laughs) full murder scene. Oh my. oh my god! Rush me backstage and bandage me up, and I'll, I'll send Mika photos because this this can be your clip. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, fully busted my head open, and you know, I was like, I'm good, you know, just I'll be chill and whatever. I was just annoyed because I had a banger show, and I was like, come on, let me go out and sell merch. Um, yeah, and they yeah. were like, no, you're staying backstage. <laughs> so that all that busted my head open and i was like okay yeah i think i'm good anyway it comes to the next day we were in napier and they're like are you good to do the show i'm like yeah i'm fine i'm not concussed or anything anyway my main trick that i do is a borrowed bell to crunchy bar so i'm doing the thing and i remember I had this like smart ass kid on stage like a 12 13 year old and i'm like ready to like slap him in the teeth going hey he doesn't know what's coming in a second anyway he breaks open the crunchy nothing is there <laughs> No. What happened? So, Did you brain fart from getting your head hit? 100%. Didn't prep it. Yeah. So oh, I had done oh. to do what I need to do. And I just remember going, I always have a spare 20 in my pocket. So I just remember going, right, there's a 20. Get the fuck off. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I, did, I didn't say that word, but that was my inner dialogue. And uh, yeah, and I just remember walking off stage going to everyone, yeah, I'm concussed. Wow. <laughs> wow. So that, Welcome. That was, yeah. You know, and it was so funny though. What I will never forget from that experience was people after the show going, you know, great show, blah, blah, blah. Was that supposed to happen? Like everyone thought that it was totally a joke. No one believed that I was actually going to have the note in the crunchy. Wow. That's interesting. You that so was really interesting. So I'm just like, well, come back next year. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a really good one. I I never heard that story from you before, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about it. And then that's what, that's what podcasts yeah. are good for. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really interesting being at gigs and fearing for like physical harm to yourself um, at gigs. I, I've done gigs where I was flown over to Tassie, and this lovely lady was like, "I want you for my for my um, boyfriend's thirtieth. He loves magic. It's going to be amazing." I'm like, "Great, where's the venue?" Because really, a venue. It's called the Shack. And I'm like, all right, cool. And so flights are done, this and that. I go, we're going to pick you up from the airport, whatever else. They pick me up in a ute. I'm like, that's pretty flash. Ordinarily, I'm picked up in like a Mercedes or something, not to gloat. But anyway, I get to this gig. I go to this venue and it's uh, it's a biker gang. Mm. Like full on biker gang. And I rock up, you know, like burgundy suit, bowler hat, you know, being all lovely and hilarious. And I got these guys that look like they could kill you with like, like a napkin, you know, like they're just the most roughest looking dudes and I'm just doing my thing and they loved it. And these guys were coming and I'll tell you what, say what you will about them. They were so lovely. This guy came over and he just looked like he, he had tattoos. You know, the tattoo that you have like here on your eye, there's like a teardrop that mm. um, to my knowledge, and I'm happy to be corrected about this, but if you have a teardrop uh, tattoo, you've killed someone. So this guy come over and he had a, he had a few of them and he was like, have some punch. And I'm like, I'm going to die drinking this. Thank you. Um, but I didn't, I drank it and it was delicious. And he was like, I made the punch and I'm like sick. And, um, it was so awesome. And they were so lovely, but it was a type of thing where it's like, I think I was really, I think I was only in my mid twenties when that gig happened. And I remember they're like, Oh, where are you staying? And I'm like, Oh, I got accommodation just across through the park. I'm just going to walk through the park and I'll be right. No, don't walk through the park. And I'm like, it's, I can literally see it. Like, no, no, you'll get jumped. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, and then the guy who was like one of the biggest humans I ever met, you know, and he had like a beard and like, and I remember, I remember this. I remember he had this ring that was significant within that realm because I was going to do a ring flight. And for those of you that don't know what a ring flight is, it's where you could take a uh, a ring, you can vanish it, and then have that ring appear on your car keys. And I was going to do the trick and I was going to go put the ring on to start my routine. And the guy was like, you put that on and you die. And I was like, okay, give it back. Well, but I didn't know that oh. that was a thing, but, but I share that with you guys now. So if you ever end up in a situation like that, where you see some biker folks and you borrow a ring, ask if it's okay to put on pro tip. Yeah. This is what this show's about. We're about educating well, the masses. I to any ring, you know, I think that's just, again, that extra thing of being aware as a performer and when you're borrowing people's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is this okay? That's it. We want you guys to learn from these stories and mistakes. That's what it's all about. Okay. So anyway, long story short, the guy like clipped his fingers, someone ran over to him and he was like, get him blah, blah, blah. Someone had like, they had like a weird code name, like get, get junk, get junk to get him a lift home. And then junk come over and put me in a four wheel drive. That was so nice. Um, it was like a top of the line Audi and then just took me, you know, 
around the block and took me home so that I got home safe. They're, they're, them is good people. Them is good people. That's but um, yeah, I do have another story about where I did kind of fear for myself. Um, I was booked for a 30th birthday party and it was at a really nice uh, venue uh, just here in Fitzroy in, in a beer garden. And they had booked out the back section. It was Beautiful day. I rocked up. They'd hide me for a couple of hours. It was going to be really nice. So I rock up doing what I'm doing. I think I was in my it's in early 20s sort of game. And this chick was turning 30. And they were all like, oh, she's turning 30. You should do it. You should go out with each other. It's like that type of thing. I was just like, no, please don't. <laughs> because I hate that, right? And I never pick up while I work as a point of professional pride. And that's another bit of advice for you guys. Don't pick up while you're working. The last thing you want to do is have a reputation of the guy that hits on the CEO's daughter while you're doing a gig. Don't do it. It's just not worth it. Be professional. So anyway, I'm doing my job and away I go. And then I remember that I met some nice people. I met one guy who was actually a cop. That was really funny. And I'll tell you why in a moment. So we're doing our thing. And then we had to stop to uh, cut cake. And I remember after they cut the cake, there was an altercation with another woman there. And the chick was just saying to her, like, go, like, I don't want you here. And the other chick, and I remember she had like a leather jacket and she had like a full pint of whatever. And she was just smoking a cigarette in the back. She's like, nah, I'm not leaving. And she just kept drinking her thing. So the birthday girl grabbed the pint, threw it in her face and shit got real. And everyone was holding her back. And the chick unfazed kept smoking her cigarette, which was half wet. And then drank the con- the remaining contents of her pint, like nothing if nothing had happened. And then the birthday girl went over to the cake, grabbed the knife, and started to like charge this woman. At which point the guests crash tackle her and pandemonium everywhere. I turned to the guy who's a cop and I'm like, shouldn't you get involved? And he's just like, I'm off duty, man. I'm not getting involved. And he just had his beer. Oh, god damn. And all this finally calmed down. And this was all within the first, like, 20 minutes of me being there. And I thought to myself, like, oh, my God, I still got an hour and 40 minutes with these psychopaths. This is going to be crazy. And you guys, so one of the- my favorite part of the story is that Nick and her are now married. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> we have three kids. It's a good life. No, I just... I remember I left the gig and I called my agent and I just went, you're not going to believe what happened. And I told him the gig and he goes, you know, it is okay to leave those gigs. If that happens, if you're unsafe and going to get stabbed, you can just walk away. Like we'll still charge the money. We'll still pay you. It's okay. And I'm like, good. So I guess the lesson from that is make sure there's a clause that if you fear for my life or if you're at risk of any physical harm, that you can walk away from the gig in your contract that they sign when they come on board with you. Keep that in mind. Totally. These are, um, these are the Josh, I don't want to stop from you from sharing a story next, but would this be, I feel like, should I share the setting story? I just feel like it could be an interesting story of kind of- a This one's, a, this one's on. a really important one. A Which really story? important one. Um, the, the, the one where you got the, sat the on. Sitting. Yeah. Oh, let's hang let's on, maybe- make, like, Wait, wait, wait. You both, you both just talked at the same time. Brilliant. Sorry, what yeah. So, story is it? Uh, the woman sitting story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Okay. Well, I was thinking... I, I, I was, I was going to say... One of going wrong. What do you want to say, Nick? That's I was, I, I, it's, it's, but it's a heavy story. It's a, it's a really heavy story. You know what I mean? Uh, I think let, that maybe Josh's let, might let, be a little more lighthearted. Oh, let me just throw a few light ones in there first. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so people, yeah. Yeah, this is for, good. For, for the OGs, 
everyone's heard me tell the egg story, but it's just like early days. I'm doing egg to silk, and uh, and I was also going to do a box. I haven't heard of that one. It's it's a classic. Um, it's even well, it's it's a modern version on silk to egg. <laughs> that's that's genius. Uh, anyway, uh, it was in the early days of me figuring out doing stage stuff, and um, I was going to. It was like one of my first. It was for a charity event, and uh, so I'm like putting together just a bunch of stuff to do. And I um, didn't know at the time that when you, if you're doing a bottle production, it shouldn't be a chilled bottle. Like it shouldn't be a cold bottle because it will have condensation. It will slip out of whatever it is that is concealing it. And um, it slipped out on stage. And as it slipped out, I guess I automatically tried to grab it. And I, my elbows cracked the egg that's in my jacket pocket. Big <sighs> mess. And uh, that was five minutes into the show. I go to grab a, a Sharpie out of my pocket. And I just get a handful of goo and I'm like, God damn it. It starts to seep through. So I got to take my jacket off. So for a boy that is doing his second ever show, his first ever like full length show, first time I'm already sweating bullets, but now I got to figure out how to do the rest of this 40 minute show with no jacket on now. Cause obviously I'd prepped everything to happen in different pockets and you yeah. know, use my jacket. And, uh, and that was a big, big lesson very early on that I'm glad I learned. Um, so that sucked. Um, and so now I don't work with eggs just because uh, they, they they break. Um, but some other light stories that have happened over time. Um, when you use flash paper, which is just a theatrical uh, flash of fire that we a lot of the times will use, um, uh, I, I often would use the candles on the table. But this this table had the the kind of candle holder that's like a... It's like in a, a bowl. It, it, yeah, it's like a bowl-looking thing. And what yeah. happens is when it, when the flame uses all the air in that cup, the fire comes out because it needs more oxygen. And um, <laughs> I just learned not to ever do this again, or at least hold the candle myself, because it it lit the Christmas decorations on the table, and I didn't notice straight away. So I I did the thing, made turned it into a coin. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I start doing my routine, and this lady's like, oh, the table's on fire, and like. Yeah, a couple of decorations and streamers were properly on fire and some guy poured water on it. And and thank God, like, everyone at that table was chill. I'm like, yeah, it happens in every act. I just wanted to see. I don't know what I said. I just, it was like, I was freaking out. I'm like, okay, no more flash paper using a candle holder when it's near decorations. I'm just going to always yeah. hold it myself now. <clears throat> um, yeah. Oh, can, I, I, can, I, can I add to that? Can I add to that just as, as, yeah. as a solution? Um, I rove with a Zippo lighter. So that I can just turn the Zippo lighter on, either have somebody hold it far away from themselves or from anything that can catch fire, or I put it on the table, making a lot of space, and then I light it off the Zippo lighter. Once that's done, put the Zippo lighter away in my vest pocket, and then away I go. So that's another good way that if you are committed mm. to using the flash paper, um, and I've got flash paper stories where I've set people's hair on fire. So yeah, these are stories yeah. that you learn by doing these gigs. Yeah. hundred percent. I always have a lighter, um, just a normal lighter, but I, um, try to be organic. Right. Or at least at the time I was like, I'm going to be organic and light it off the table. Oh yeah. It's a stupid idea. Um, and, and I've also had once when I lit the flash paper, this lady freak out about her eyelashes as if like the eyelash glue is melted into her eye or something, but she was just, she was just drunk and being overreactive. But, um, so uh, now I just, I also just make a point to be like a decent distance from people. Should they freak out? Um, <clears throat> another time yeah. there was, wasn't bad. It was just, uh, kind of like a little bit like Brendan's moment, but, um, it was in close up, So it's not as 
detrimental or um, worrying, but I went to do the thing where the the drawing of a cross ends up on someone's hand and they open the hand and there's just nothing there. That was funny because um, the, the, the way that you make that happen, it um, dismantled itself and without me right. knowing. So that was a good lesson to learn back then. So um, and uh, man, there's just so many stories of just things right, just right. being weird. Right. Like, uh, yeah, the other day, just this week, I did card to ceiling and the card um, didn't stay on the ceiling. So like it hit and like I saw it be there. So then I caught the deck and I'm like, haha, one card is. And then I looked up and it wasn't there. I was like, what the hell? I just saw it there. And then this woman picked it up off the floor because it must have <clears throat> just been a um, newly waxed ceiling or something. And right. so it just, didn't, no, just maybe the bad. air con. Yeah. And yeah. like it wasn't a bad thing, but it was just a thing it's, that it's, I not, it's, it's a little anti you know? We get you. Yeah. yeah. Reveals can get then, spoiled. I get it. Yeah. And then one last thing before we head into. The deep dark, the heavy stuff is um, early on. Um, <clears throat> I just learned. I mean, I can't, I can't really. For those who do this trick, will know like kind of what I'm talking about. But um, you know, I'll often make uh, a drink change the contents within the drink. And one of the first times I was doing this trick, um, I went to go reveal what's so. It's like you know a can of Coke, for example, but that's not what drink they asked for. And then the magic moment would be that you then open up the drink and you can change it into whatever they just said. But I, um, when I went to open it, the the little tab broke off. It broke off, and so now I'm just like, oh crap! Stuck with the empty contents. And my and my and in the moment, and I'm glad it didn't open while I did this. But I, my I just tried to press it down with my thumb, with all my might, and I realize now that if that had happened, I would have sliced my thumb. But um, luckily, I had a uh, a pocket knife pretty close by, nice. and I was able to just kind of jam it open with that, and it was just like a little bit awkward, but still worked. Um, but that was uh, but that was weird, and that was my fault because of um, Prep. what I did as a magician. It uh, made that tab break, but um, yeah, so that could have been pretty awkward. You'd just be like, "Well, just trust me." <laughs> mm. There we are. Good to be but aware. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, I think now we're ready for the heavy stuff. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll warm up people. because the spoiled reveal reminded me. So uh, I did a show on Thursday, went great. They rebooked on the spot and stuff. So that was all, you know, it was still a good show. But yeah, kind of two things I'll talk about from that show. So the first one, roll up and something we talk about in the business is what we like to call for a lot of these like corporate events and awards nights, stuff like that. We talk about the dance floor of death. So basically the setup is the stage, a semicircle of tables and a big ass dance floor. So it's basically you dance for the audience so it's not what we wanted to set up because it creates dead space and everything else so just a little tip i thought i'd share from that for me typically in that kind of environment quite often i'd actually try and do the show on the dance floor the room was a little bit deeper than i'd like so i knew i kind of had to do it on the stage for sight lines but something for you guys to maybe think about in the future so i do kind of it's kind of a juggling trick. It's with this hoop and a glass and you can check it out on my Instagram. So I did that routine on the dance floor as my opening routine to kill that space. So that was something. So I was able to connect with the audience kind of up close and be able to go, Hey, I'm going to get in your space. We're all in this together. We're here for a good time. And then when I had that five minutes of their attention, it was so much easier for me to bring the, their attention back to the stage. And I had them fully engaged for an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Second story with Spoiled Revealed talking about my Bill and Crunchy again. Um, again, I guess it comes down to audience management. I did my best, but it was just, and again, still killed and everything else. But I have the guy open the bar. So the way I build it up is that it's going to be in the wrapper, not the bar. So they open up the wrapper and I'm like, what's inside? And he just straight away bit into the bar. And I'm like, you bastard. Like, don't blue balls a magic trick like this. This is my favorite moment in a show. Yeah. Fully blue balls. Anyway, um, it was, it was still great. And, you know, the audience still freaks out and stuff. Because I go, hey, like, you know, check the end that there was no holes. And, like, he just bites the other end. I'm just like, for goodness sake. It was still great. But, again, it's just one of those things you can't control of how you want a magic trick to turn out sometimes. But yeah. let's go to the heavy one. So this well, one, well, I was going to say before you, before you do that, that one thing about the dance floor of death, because people will experience that in the future, yeah. there is there is a routine that you could purchase. It is called uh, Escape from a Suit Jacket. It's a really great routine in which you have two spectators hold a box curtain. So there's a curtain shaped like a like a box, and they go up and down with their hands, um, and it can be formed th- in a full 360 surround. And that is a get-out-of-jail-free card for when you're performing on a dance floor where you have tables surrounding all around you. It becomes a really, really fun thing where you can engage with everyone around you. So uh, look that up if it's something that you ever – um, come into the, into the future. I'd seldom do that routine, but I always keep it with me if I'm in a situation where I'm going to be performing in a full 360 surround. It's a lot of comedy, a lot of fun. Um, so look that up. I can't remember who does it, which I feel bad for not giving the credit yeah, to, um, but it's, it's called... Anthony Linden, The Incredible Suit Jacket Escape, and Bill Abbott released it. So go to Bill Abbott Magic and you'll find it. Um, awesome. So yeah, great bet. And I think, again, like it's just that extra reminder to think about. Like, I mean, it's because of these situations where... I do, I'm very aware, like I me, mean, not everything I do can be done fully 360, but if I do have to do it 360, I know how to block it. Mm-hmm. I think it's something for you guys to think about, you know, if you're wanting to be gigging and for you to have a successful as a career as a performer, you need to be able to perform anywhere. And I think it's something to really think about. Can your show be done anywhere? Can your show be done 360? Um, you know, it might not be ideal, but could you use your body to block something if you were in a situation where you had to do your show 360? I think these mm. are all little details that you can really think about. Um, mm. Yeah, we'll go with the heavy story. So this was an interesting one for me. So this was 2019 for me. So I did this corporate award tonight, killed it. Standing ovation was like an incredible show. And I'm someone like, you know, I always talk to people after a show and stuff, but I typically get out of a venue pretty quick. Um, you know, I have my, make sure I have my chats with everyone that wants to chat, but I don't necessarily stick around to hang out as such. Um, varies gig to gig, but I had this group of women and they were like, Hey, we adore you. It would be, we'd really love if you came and had a drink with us. And it was like this table of 10 women. I'm like, I'd love to look, let's do it. So I go ahead and do that. Great chats and stuff. Anyway, this, incredibly large woman probably in her mid 40s or something she just literally while i'm talking to these people just comes and sits on my lap and i'm like what the hell and i'm just straight away hands in the air because i knew i didn't want to touch and i was like it was a situation of like because like let's say this was like a public let's say i was randomly at a bar right and someone came and sat on my lap i would have no problem grabbing them by the hips and just going whoop like but we're in this situation i was just like nope my hands are in the air 
And everyone at the table is like, what the hell is going on? So what was weird was the woman was ignoring me. So she was trying to talk to who I was talking to. So she's ignoring me and I try to like be funny about it, break the ice. Like I, you know, I'm like, Hey, this normally costs extra. Then I remember reaching my hand around to try and shake hands. I'm like, we should probably meet. I'm Brendan. You are. And she like shakes my hand again, not making eye contact. It was this really weird situation. And this was about two to three minutes of this. No joke. And everyone's like, what the heck's going on? And I just kind of dealt with it for a minute. I remember my hands were just chilling in the air while I'm talking to someone on my other side. Then finally, one of the women came over with a gem and was just like, hey, this isn't what he's paid for. Get off him. So the woman gets off and then she goes to me rather sternly, I want your seat. And I knew in that situation, I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm someone... Again, customer experience, but in that situation, I was also like, I'm not letting this woman try and beat me or take over or whatever. I was just like, hey, I've been invited over by these people to come and have a drink with them in a conversation. Um, I'm not going to move, but there's an empty chair over there, or you're welcome to pull a chair up, but I'm going to stay where I'm at. And then again, she says, I want your seat. And it's like, hey, look, I'm not going to move. Like, I'm here to have a chat with these people. They've invited me over. I'm going to do that. I'll head away in about 10 minutes. And then she goes, do I need to talk to David? Now, David was the client. And I'm like, that was where my brain spewed of like, is she going to try and say I touched her? Like, what kind of, I don't know. And that was a really weird moment. And then I just, again, stood my ground. I was like, look, I'm not moving. You're welcome to pull up a chair or whatever. And then she backed off and everyone was just like, look, don't stress about a thing. Like we've got you. Like she's weird, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I remember like walking back to my room incredibly uncomfortable, but um, the client texts me the next day, um, like first thing the next morning before I'd even woke up and he's like, hey, I heard what happened last night. Are you all good? And, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And, you know, hey, I appreciate the chicken and stuff, you know. Um, but, like, what I found so funny was one woman, incredible, um, she, it was the woman who told her to get off. So the next day at the conference, I find out, like, a week later, she, like, crossed paths with the woman and they had a yelling fight about it. Like, she was just like, how effing dare you do that? <laughs> like, it was this whole altercation it was brilliant. But I remember like calling my agent about it just because again, it was just that whole thing. Yes. I called my agent who's a, they're a lovely bunch of women. I adore them. And I just went, Hey, look, I just want to tell you, here was the situation. Did I deal with it the right way? And they're just like, you absolutely did. And we're so bloody sorry that happened. Like, mm. but it's just that weird one where, <clears throat> Yeah, I still don't know whether I did the right thing, wrong thing, whether I was in my right space to kind of physically move them because it was at that point. But yeah, again, it's not, it's just a weird one where it's like, you know, we've always got to be on our A game, like even after the show and stuff, there's never a moment where we can switch off. It's just, this is the experience. That's crazy. That's a really good, yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, the thing is, like, although we're venturing into a kind of dark uh, side of performing, it's kind of important that we can share these stories with our audience because if it happens, they'll know how to deal with it. And I experienced something not too dissimilar uh, that we spoke about um, yesterday. And the story for me was I was performing at a conference, a uh, couple hundred people, 
and I did some roving to warm, warm up with, and then I did a, a stage show. And so I was warming up the audience, going from table to table, and eventually doing my show. But I remember going over this one table, and there was a, I would say gentleman, but that would be the wrong description for this particular person, um, who, as I was performing, was running his hand up my thigh, up, up my leg, my left thigh Eey. specifically. And he was reaching up, and I and I put him away. And now sometimes people will grab your props, touch you, or want to go into your pockets. And I combat that by going, whoa, 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 relax. Magicians, we're like strippers. Looky no touchy. Back up. Back up. And it's not a picture or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Now, the joke is legit, but I lead with that. And then I could be a little more firm. I'm like, you mm. do not have the right to put your hands on me. We need to stop this interaction. Right. Like, I, I need to walk away from this, or you need to calm down. There's two options. What do you want to yep. do? Like, there's ways we can sort of like elevate this, right? But I told this guy twice, same thing. I'm like, do not touch me again. Like, I, that's where I got to that point after like three warnings, you know? Mm. And then he did it again and went straight for my, my, uh, my butt cheeks. And I stopped the show, put everything away, and just went, how dare you? How dare you? After I've said, do not touch me, that you lay your hands on me, on my private, how dare you? And they were like, and then someone walked over, what happened? And it said, that man, after repeatedly to me telling him to not put his hands on my thigh and touch my ass, kept doing it. I'm walking away from this interaction. You stay away from me for the rest of the evening. And then he was, he was actually ejected from the, from the conference. And what was awful about that? Wow. What is, it was a what upset me the most about that was that it was a conference full of teachers, and that upset me to no end. To think that that person wow. is educating our kids, it devastated me. And what also devastated me is that, like, I at the time had a female student, and I thought to myself, "What if she was performing that, and someone was mm. was treating her in that way? How would she have handled that? Would she have just fallen apart and cried?" Um, you know, and, and then what happens like for or any young person who hasn't experienced the sexual abuse that could come along with that, you know, um, I handled it as best I can. Um, I did my show. They loved me and they were apologetic and I didn't frame it. It's important that when mistakes happen, that you don't put a neon sign around with lots of arrows of what's happened. Okay. Deal with it. Move on. You drop a coin, just pick it up and move on. Just do the same thing. You drop a card, scoop it up, just move on. Don't put a neon sign on it. Don't frame it. Frame the good stuff. Frame the moments that are important. So that's my advice in those situations. Deal with it and move on. Because it's not the first time I've had a situation where it's happened sexually. If I can tell another one, um, I do a routine in which I vanish a, a whole deck of playing cards. Now, this gig was kind of annoying because I, I don't love dressing up, but I do it a lot with this particular agent. And the gigs are really fun. The, the guys are called Applause Entertainment. I'll give them a plug. They're a lot of fun. And they dress me up all the time. So, like, I've performed as, like, an Android. They do. Yeah. I've actually had Nobito. You've done we work for him as well, where you've performed as the um, Android magician. Yeah, we have I, to don't, do I, <laughs> I don't recommend it with hair because that job <laughs> took so long to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so we dress up like an Android, like a, like a robot, or I've done dress up like a genie. I've done this, I've done that. But there was one time I had to dress up like a magic elf. And he's like, I've got a costume for you. It's great. And I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> the costume consisted of like tight green, um, like tights, green tights. And I don't, I just realized I don't, I'm not trying to like blow myself up, but your boy wearing tights 
unless I tuck it behind, unless unless I tuck it between my legs, like you can see what's up. All right, like Nick Case <laughs> packing is what I'm trying to say. All right, and it was a jacket that I had to wear with it that opened up but went away from my junk, so I couldn't cover myself. Right. And I'm just walking around with like my junk there, just in full view. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. I'll just keep doing my thing. Anyway, I vanished this deck. <laughs> and these don't have, I don't have pockets in these pants. Oh, no. But this woman goes, boom, and the deck vanishes. And this woman goes, there it is, hunk. <laughs> and grabs me right on my cash and prizes. And uh, we laugh about it. And I could have lost my cool, but I was just like, Okay, that happened. She clearly made a mistake. Um, and I should feel violated, in which I kind of am, but she obviously feels very bad about it. And she was drunk and whatever else. And in a party, they kind of forget that you're a person, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, and they just have That's to true. take a moment and go, like, okay, you do not have the right to put your hands on people ever. Relax, yeah. stop, can, you know? Can you imagine if we had one female on this show? Like, imagine the stories they would have. Of, oh, it'd be of, awful. Of this, especially roving, <clears throat> any roving act artist, you know, yeah, contor- contortionist. Yeah. It, if anyone gets still- into the corporate world, particularly the corporate roving world, you're in yeah. for an interesting ride. And I think, like, let's try and give people almost a mini toolkit. Like, what what's our kind of like top three tips right now? Like, I mean, my first one is, you know, keep calm. Don't get angry. Like in any of these situations, I think the idea of, you know, if a situation happens that kind of resolves itself, as Nick said, move on from it. So like perfect example mm. with um, my one. So like when the client texts me the next morning going, hey, are you okay? You know, I went down to the conference the next morning to say, you know, um, goodbye before heading off and stuff. And that, you know, three minute conversation, there was no mention. It was just, I had so much fun with you guys. Boom, 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 boom. I'm not going to bring up how can we fix this in the future? Why that's just not mm. helping the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had an interaction on Saturday with, with, uh, with a group. Uh, it was like the very first table I went to, to perform in at this gig. And um, they were feral. They were so feral where they were like constantly touching. The guy was literally spitting on me as he spoke. I'm trying to use my Zippo lighter to do my flash production with the flash paper. And he's constantly and he blowing it out. And, and it with a spit. He's just extinguishing it with his spit. You know, I got one chick who's like constantly touching. She's literally, she's putting her hand in the fire, like in the Zippo lighter. Like it was uh. just like, I just had to stop. And at the end of it, like I was like, because the thing is when I approach a table, I ask for permission to perform. So I explained that my name is Nick. It's my job to show you nice people some magic. Is now a good time for magic or am I interrupting? So when they say, yes, you can perform some magic, I'm invited to perform at that point. And if they say the other I'll go, oh that's fine i mean to interrupt and you if you're not into it that's okay you need to feel pressured if you change your mind just wave me over like this i'll gladly show you some magic so backing out of a transaction is equally as important as engaging in one because you don't have to end a transaction negatively with swearing and throwing whatever else and telling them to f off and whatever else like you need to back out of it so anyway i performed a piece but these guys were so feral and so i don't know like they just they just lacked the class but it got to a point where I was performing for them where they would just say dumb things. Like I'd be performing my bit and they'd just be like, I don't trust you. You're all weird. Like, you know, like, you know, the type of people that you would see growing up, like mental Mick in my area growing up, you know, he'd be walking around, he'd be like, I'm a loose wire. And I'm like, you need to relax. Okay. Like you're fine. We're here to have a good time. But I got to a point where I just said, okay, I need to stop right now, guys. And I just want to be very clear about something. This is what I said to them. I go, my job 
is to make you smile. I'm here for customer experience and nothing else. I am not here to make you feel foolish or stupid or make fun of you. That is not my job and is not my intention. If you felt like that, please let me know and I'll correct my behavior. But my job is only to make you smile and not belittle you like you guys are doing to me. So what's going to happen is this. I know you're asking to see more magic. Do another one. Do another one. You know, I know you're asking to do more magic, to see more magic. But what's going to happen is this. I'm going to walk away from this interaction. I want you to think about what I've said. And when I come back, if you guys have the right attitude, I will gladly show you some more magic, but I cannot condone this behavior any further. I'm really sorry. Have a great night. And I look forward to seeing you guys in a little bit. Hopefully, we have a better attitude then. And I walked away from it. I told management about the gig, you know, the people who booked me, what had happened. And they just went, we're totally cool with the way you handled that. And I said, cool. But again, How you get to a point where you can- audience? <clears throat> they were uh, probably late 20s. Oh, late, 20s. Um, right? Late, late twenties. Yeah, because you dropped oh. like the the teacher line on them, like, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed, and da 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 da. <laughs> so I'm wondering, like, do they even? Because if they are feral, like you say, do they even comprehend that? You know, or well, is it even worth trying to? <clears throat> is it better to just be like, I'm off. Have a good one. Well, you also need to appreciate that you could be reported. Well, someone could say that Mr. Magic made me feel like crap. And it's like, yes. And what had happened was this. And if you're upset about it, that's fine. But, you know, here's the other thing. I've done mm. gigs where I was the, the CEO, the guy actually like who paid for the whole event and booked me was like doing this. All right. And this is for a security company. But this one particular guy just wouldn't let up that like I was fooling him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Little, like older guy, probably like 60s, you know, just like rah. And I was just like, mm. do another one. And I said, like, I, I got, look, I got to do one more because he's waving me over. I must go to him. He's the guy that's, you know, paid for the privilege for me to be here. Yeah, I finish yeah. up the thing and I go, I can't, guys. Like, I'm sorry. I'll come back. I'll come back. But he's been waiting a long time. I need to go there. And I'm only here for 10 more minutes. Mm-hmm. And I go to walk up and he just goes to me, oi, dickhead, you know? And I just went, whoa. The client. No, no, the, the guy. I went, whoa. I said, look here, little man. All right. I said, my job is to entertain and make people smile. It is not to be abused by you or to feed your ego. So back your shit up. Right. Okay. Think about what you said. Calm yourself. Okay. But this interaction is done. We are done. You need to stay away from me from now forth. Bro, you get some weird... <clears throat> is this a is this a particular area that you're finding these event these uh scenarios? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what it is, it's industry. I'm finding this within industry. I think there is maybe a class of people within industry. For example, um, the guys that I was performing for on the Friday, they were all dressed in high vis, just to put it in perspective. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, they're not dealing with people face to face at work. On, they're not dealing with customers. They're in the they're not, in the shed yeah. building stuff. Yeah, then so they probably yeah, don't appreciate yeah. that. And they probably have this this mentality where like, my dad was a dick, so I was a dick. You know, they kind of like, they have that mentality about themselves. And yeah, yeah. you got to appreciate people like that exist. It's not about um, not about running away or avoiding them. Sure, mm. you can, but you also need to appreciate that like having the skill set to handle them is so much more important to understand that. And people, again, even David, bless you. Like, you, you know, you're saying like, I'm so sorry that my my group was rude. And I get that from like, Bucks parties, hens parties, you know, they get mad. People have their own biases when they come there, you know, like Sarah's getting married. Screw Sarah. Why aren't I married? You know, and they have like aggression that they come out 
and people will listen, the people will bleed on people who didn't cut them mm-hmm. and you might be the person that they're, they're bleeding on that evening it's not your fault it's oh, not on that and I think like yep. you know something I'd love to add to that I remember I've said it a couple of times in my career I and it's almost it's not even like it's been there ready to be said but kind of the more brutal kind of shutdown of life people are just a bit like you know just jumping in being like you know just again ruining everyone else's experience and this is in a roving situation like how do you handle that down, like you know just be like Shh, daddy's working you know like that kind of <laughs> whatever like you know and like but again it's that th- rule of three you know it's kind of like that third mm. warning i remember yeah. like the first time i said it i was just like hey dude are you okay man like I'll be straight up. I'm being paid right now tonight more than you make in a month to give these people a good time. Like, you know, that's not a bad point because I've, I, to your point, I've, I've done gigs where people have been so rude, real estate guys it was, yeah. and I literally turned to him and I said, dude, shut the fuck up and let me do what I'm paid a thousand bucks an hour to do. And he what? went, and he went, is that what I'm paying you? And I went, yeah. And he went, all right, I'll shut up then. What one hundred percent like, and that's it, and it's that respect change where it's like you know I'm like, dude, I'm being paid right now more than you make in a month. Are you okay? Like I'm here to give these people a good time. Are you all right? Otherwise, I can head off if I'm being a bother. And yeah, again, dude. that opportunity to back out. So like, I'm not here to be a nuisance, dude. But I'm I'm just here to give you guys a good time. Are you okay? Like everyone else is on board. You're you know, and yeah. it's just as soon as you bring it on them, and it's just you know like look you know. And again, I far from say that often because I very rarely need to, but it's just I think mm. maybe twice that I've said that. But I can tell you these are good lines. These these are good lines to be sharing with the audience. You know, I like, think that like if you guys are taking notes on this episode, like there's a lot of gold in this episode. You know what I mean? This is like, effectively an online lecture on how to deal with this situation. Yeah. Like one of the things I'll do is like people get mad, you know, and sometimes I'll turn to them and say, like, I go, Don't be mad. If you knew what I was getting paid and I sucked, then you should be mad. Yeah. But you're getting your money's worth, I promise you. I promise you, like, you know, and then they calm down a little bit sometimes when you've got the affluent people who just only care about the dollar, you've got to feed that ego. Um, You know, yeah. I mean, there's some people that I've been performing and um, I said, well, how it just shits me that I don't know how it's done. And I said, how it's done is not important. It's why. Take a look around. What do you see? Everyone's smiling. That's why I do it. When I open my mouth and I'd show magic, they smile. And then you open your fucking mouth. And you ruin everyone's time. <laughs> Bro, it's so interesting hearing you guys say that. And like, I'm glad we had these different perspectives. Like, because personally, I could never, I would never say that to someone because there's the oh, off chance. Like, I think that's again, there's the off chance they'll want to, right? For sure, for sure. And you pick your moments, and you know, Nick has a very alpha um, character, and you know, I get it. But um, it's that BD energy, yo. That's well, that's big elf <laughs> energy, obviously. Um, what, what about, cause one I've had, I've mentioned it on the pod before, but, um, in this scenario, it's pretty relevant. What do you do if it's the client themselves? That is the dick. Ooh. Cause I've had that. The cust. Oh, the, the I, guests I got an answer. Are great. The, the, all the guests are great, but the client is being an absolute dick. You explain to them, you explain to them, <clears throat> um, the privilege, the privilege they've paid for. When they start demanding things, whatever else, you go like, okay, let's just be very clear. Um, this needs to be a privilege you've paid for. Um, you know, so if they're like, no, you have to do this and go, and you know, you need to stick around an extra 20 minutes. It's like, okay, which is where we, you need to understand that this isn't a privilege you've paid for. If you want it, that's fine. We've got to, you know, da, da, da. 
Um, mm. And so the privilege you've paid for is the key word. So you say like the privilege you paid for is that I come here and entertain your guests, not to be abused. I didn't get paid to come here and be your personal punching bag because you've had a rough day. Okay. So if you want to talk about that, we can talk about your rough day afterwards. But right now I'm going to ask that you respectfully just take a breather. Okay. Please let me do what I need to do to make sure that everyone else here at your party has a great event. Can we do that? If he's like, how do you talk to me like that? And I'm like, no, okay, okay, cool. If, I, if, I've, if I've offended you, it wasn't my intention. You know, my only intention is this. My only intention is to make people smile. That is all I'm here for. I'm not here to belittle you or whatever else. You've paid me for a privilege that I would come here for this amount of time to do my job for these people. I'm asking that you let me go and do that, please. Without the difficulty of you ruining it for everyone else, it's really important to me that they have the best experience possible. And when you do this, it takes away from the experience. So can we come to an agreement? It's a negotiation skill. You know, Pasha's asking um, how long before you stop being polite. I think you always be polite. I think you yeah. always be polite. You always be polite um, so that you back out of the transaction. Okay, great. Look, if you like, I can leave just as easily as I got here. Yeah. So I can walk I, away from this event as easily as I got here, you know? And I think with Pasha, like, I think my kind of contribute to that would be, yes, always be polite. My attitude would be almost that rule of three, but then transitioning to being stern. Like, still polite. You're never going to get angry. You're never going to swear everything else. But yeah. just being like, you know, again, owning that space and creating that clarity of like, here's the boundary. Here's what you have paid for. Here's where you've mm -hmm. overstepped the line. Yeah. And no, because of that, great. You've overstepped the line. And because of that, we are ending this interaction. 100%. Like, so that's where, it, like, it's so the thing is, like, you have a precursor, polite but assertive, exactly right. And then the outcome, the outcome is we're either going to stop or you're going to behave yourself. That yeah. is it. You know, like you give them, you give them the motive, you let them make the decision. Okay. It's, it's about taking responsibility. You're being responsible for the interaction, but the liability comes on them. They were liable for ruining the show. Mm -hmm. If they chose to ruin the show, that was them. That was a liability they took on. That's on them. That's super totally. important. And I think, yeah. um, sorry, something I'll quickly say as well. And then I'm keen to ask Josh how, what your experiences are with clients being a dick. But um, Pasha, I'll quickly say, I think it's worth having those kinds of lines really depending on the situation. So let's say someone's being a bit handsy, you know, again, the like magicians, like strippers line or, you know, Hey, touching costs extra. Like, you know, quite often the joke will shut it down because they'll, they get the message from that 90% of the time. But it's just mm. that whole thing of like, then you might need to go for that. Like, hey, sorry, can you just stop touching me so I can do my job? Thanks so much. And then maybe that third time might be when you need to go a bit more assertive. But I think, you know, there's that crescendo of the interaction. So um, yeah, but yeah like Josh, please, I'd love to hear kind of your experience of clients being a dick and kind of how that could be combated. There's only two companies that I, I've black marked to not do work for. And one was... Um, Who are they, Josh? Who are they? Yeah, yeah. Well, one was... Let's um, slander them. One was... Um, I'm joking. You might not want to do that. No, fuck him. No, fuck him. <laughs> oh! There's a, there's a guy named Hugh Waters. If Ooh, anyone should come across this guy. The name and everything. All right, well, guys, if you want to gag Hugh Waters, track him down. So this guy <laughs> was, at the time... Uh, traveling around Australia, putting on Harry Potter themed events. And it was um, 
but it was called it was it wasn't called like Harry Potter. They went with a different character in the show and called it like the blah 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 hangout or whatever. And, Weasley but hangout. It was, but it, something like that. But it was full Harry Potter themed, and they called me up and wanted to book me to do obviously magic at a Harry Potter event. And um, they're like, all right, we negotiated a rate. I sent them an invoice and they didn't. And this is, again, we learned these lessons along the way, right? So this was quite early on. And they were like, oh, we didn't pay yet, but can we just pay you cash on the night? I'm like, that sounds great. <clears throat> but I need it to be paid before I start performing. They're like, yeah, no worries. So I get there. I text the guy who's running this event. I'm like, hey, I'm here. I'm just ready to be paid before I start. And the guy just texts back, uh, payment after, mate. Uh, should have been okay. a red flag. Should have been a red flag, but whatever. So yeah. I'm can, I, can I ask him for a second then? Like yeah, just, just yeah. because that's like, that's, like, that's like the first point of, of, of something that like needs to be addressed. Um, mm. So what I do is, and they say, when I pay cash, you say it's essential I get paid upon arrival because I will be at the event 30 minutes before my starting time to give myself to get prepped. I need to be paid immediately before I perform because I have to rush off to another gig afterwards. Sure. Or or you say, I might need to rush off to another gig afterwards. So you've given them a cause and effect. You need to do this so I can do my job because if I have to chase you for an hour around the venue to get my money, I'm going to be late for my next client who's paying for the privilege. Mm. I mean, I don't know that you, you know? can say all that in an email when they're booking you, but definitely to that effect for sure. I mean, I just, yeah, I just had said, great. If I, as long as I'm paid before I start, you know, Yeah. but, um, but definitely it's, it's, yeah, it's so you have to make sure that they know before you start or what I should have done is gone. Great. Well, I'll just wait till you pay me and then I'll start. I sh that's what I should have done and just not cared about the money. It's what I should have done. Um, um, so anyway, so I start performing that I, f I figure out the guy that's, that is the, the host of this event, he's the DJ. So I can physically see him. Um, it's just that he's like ignoring everything else amongst, you know, his little zone there. So I do the magic. The magic goes really well. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then I finish and I'm like, um, great, I'm ready to be paid. And they're like, and, and he's not texting me back. And I'm like, but I can see him there. So I just walk straight up to the booth. I go in his booth. Now I'm in his in in his space, and I'm like, "Hey, bro, I'm here to be paid." And uh, and he's like, ignoring me. But now he knows I'm there, and so he starts texting away to his um his team, and he's like, "Oh, um, so and so will sort you out." So now I go down to the entrance where people are taking money for people to enter in. I'm like, "Hey, Hugh said you guys are going to pay me." And they're like, oh, we don't have that much in our till. Like, we don't have that much. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, he said uh, you would pay me and it'll be in cash. So that's what I'm here to get paid for. And then um, I'm like, I can go back to Hugh if uh, I need to sort something else out. And they're like, they're trying to make it difficult to where I'll give in is basically what they're saying. Like, yeah. they're thinking, go and we'll send it to you tomorrow, whatever. So then all of a sudden they find this extra money. They're like, oh no, we have, um, let me just go to the, the vault or whatever, the, the safe and we'll get you some yep. cash. Great. So they go to the safe and they come back with money. Now, really important, um, this event, we're paying a lot of people 
um, cash on the night <clears throat> and they had a little clipboard with the names and then a signature and you sign it to say you've received your money. So they said, all right, watch your goes and gets the cash here. You can sign your thing saying that we're paying you. I should have not signed that yet. That was my yeah. next mistake. But when you're in a crowd of people <clears throat> like, okay, I'll keep going. So I signed the thing, they give me cash and I should have made them count it out as they gave it to me. <clears throat> That's uh, that's the ne- that's the next lesson is always count it with the person that's there, but because there's just a ton of people, like this is a packed event. I didn't want to be counting out all these fifties, so I'm like, all right, cool, thanks. And you just you know just ignorant trust. So yeah. I leave, and um, anyway, so I leave, and what happens is they've paid me a hundred dollars less than what they were meant to. So at this point, like I have gotten money, which is surprising but it was not quite the amount so i just walked back in and i say hey you meant to give me this much but you gave me this much and she's like no i gave you the right amount i'm like no no like here and then i count it and she turns to her like her person that's managing that desk and she just goes mm-hmm. i'll call her rebecca she goes hey rebecca josh is um he's saying that i didn't give him enough but i did give him the right amount and then the woman's like, well, did he sign the sheet? And I'm like, and she's like, yeah. And, the, and she's like, well, the, you signed saying we gave you the money, so we can't do anything about it. And then I'm just like, oh, are you, are you guys freaking serious? And I, no. wish in that, I wish in that moment I'd just gone, well, take all the money then. I don't want any, I don't want any of it then. I, I should have done something like that and just, you know. But anyway, so I left. And then um, I mean, I'm being petty over a hundred bucks here, but at the time it would just felt like such a dog it, move it's on there. The, it's the principle of someone so, throwing you around so much. Exactly, exactly. So then I proceeded to like every day send him an invoice reminder, like that he still owed this hundred dollars. And uh, it even got to the point where I went to um, whatever the fair trading is for like this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I even lodged a claim for him, like saying that he owed money. I like, I just, it was just so... I was so annoyed. I, I can't believe um, you've never told me about this. Yeah, man. This is like, I don't know, seven years ago or something. Man. Uh, this, this is like a while ago. But And okay. I was just so annoyed. So anyway, Hugh Waters, fuck that guy. And then okay. the, other, the other company was, um, was uh, the client that was being a dick. It was a female and she had obviously taken drugs or something. Right. Because when I got there, I got there early. And she's like, oh, great. Yeah, come. Come show magic. And she was like ragdolling me like, oh, show, yeah, do magic for these people. I'm like, hey, no, no, I just got here. I'm just saying hello and like I'll set up and I'll start soon. She's like, oh, oh, oh. and then she starts playing poker because they've had a casino thing set up. And then when I do start, I'm showing magic to some people, but she calls me over and is like super loud. And um, anyway, so I come over and, and because she's on whatever she's on, she doesn't have an attention span to actually watch stuff. So she's like, do something really good right now. I'm like, what the hell? And the funny thing is she paid me really well. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll do something. And um, because she has no attention span, she's looking away, talking and this and that and the other. And by the time a magic moment happens, she's like, oh, that shit. What? No, do something like good. I'm like, this is crazy. And I, But I just look around the table of people playing poker and we all realize what's going on now. Like we all realize she's out of it. We're just in her world right now. So I'm like, just kind of give them the nod like, okay. And then she's like stopping people that are talking in conversations to watch me. She's like, hey, hey, 
because they're her employees like hey come over here and enjoy this magic and i'm like this is not gonna be enjoyable if they're you know being made to watch this but then i saw the same thing happen with everything in that night so when they were meant to have speeches she's like yelling at the tech guy to turn the the speaker down or up she's like telling people to hurry up with the things um and i was just like fuck so as soon as the clock struck 10 o'clock i was out of there and i was just like Mm -hmm. it's not worth my time ever coming here again but I should I should point out this is a very minimal percentage of times that any of this stuff happens, guys. Like, oh, 100%. still, well, you know, here, here, it's here's what it comes down to magician. as well. Yeah, here's what it comes down to as well. You could have awful um, clients, okay, and they can be a pain in the ass. But again, it's got to be a privilege they paid for. Like, mm. I will put up with your. I'll put up with your. You know, like I, I've I've done gigs where I went to my green room and there's been mirrors everywhere. Let's just say that much, okay? Mm. And I walk in and they're like, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, "This is my green room. Be cool. Everyone do what you got to do." And they're like, "You want one?" And I'm like, "Nah, I can't. I'll get the shakes and stuff. I'm good." You know? And I got to play it cool, but yeah. it's kind of like it's pretty full on when you walk into an episode where you know you expect Johnny Depp to be in a room. If you know what I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, these things are going to happen again. They've got to be privileges they paid for. You will put up with enough crap if it's a privilege they paid for. But if you're like, mm, look, man, it. this is like a charity gig and I'm doing it for nothing and you're going to try and treat me like I'm your mop, like you got to be chill. And also the, the, the higher you pay a client, normally the better they are to work with. Like oh, they're not, they're, they're usually not you, more you, you demanding. So that's how you get your gigs. It makes so much more sense now. Oh, did I say the more you pay a client? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, the more you pay them to review you, no, um, the more, yeah, the more they pay, the less demanding they are. It's a weird vibe. You would think you would think they'd be more demanding if they're paying more, but it's not yeah. like that at all. I also what we think we should finish on with regards to that second scenario is how do you combat that? We haven't actually said how do we combat that? And there's something that I do because a lot of times when I'm doing stuff, I'll have that a particular type of of person who's like mm. do this go to this table blah blah and sometimes they're like oh let me announce you and i go no no, no it's not needed it's not needed i go no 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 it's a roving set it won't make a lot of sense it will break out into a floor show what you go you just focus on you just tell them you just focus on letting me a good night and let me do what i do best i got this i go just wind me up watch me go you don't have to worry about a single thing i'll make sure i blow everyone's mind you just go have a good time i got this i got this like that's one of the things that I'll try to do when yeah, someone's like, nice, "No, you got to go nice. here. You got to go there." It's like, no, no, no. You've got you. you trust me, you're in very safe hands. You just focus on having a good night. I'll make sure everyone else does the same. Don't worry about it. I got this. I got to get myself ready, and then I'll fire off a blah and this and this and this. And I just tell them that like I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to worry about me. I don't need to be nursed. Like I don't know how else to combat that, but that's how I do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyone else have any yeah. suggestions? I think I mean, something I kind of use as a sales line almost sometimes is like, so, you know, I have my spiel, but like, you know, something I'll kind of tag on, particularly in a phone call situation is I'll go to a client like, look, I want to be the easiest part of your event. Good line. Like, you know, nice. if you're worrying about me, I've done my job wrong. Like, I think it's, I want to be the most talked about thing, but I want to be the thing they've worried about the least. Great line. Great line. And it's just, you know, I think, you know, creating that as that product for yourself and that will help you sell yourself. But um mm. yeah. Yeah, nice. I think uh um, oh, yeah, I'm just very I'm very 
hard to to annoy. It's very, very hard to get under my nerves. And especially if I'm performing, because when I'm performing, I just kind of go with whatever happens. But I'm very aware. I don't try to hide the fact that something's happening. I'll just make a point of it. And uh, personally, I'll just, you know, keep going around it. Like for me, if someone is being a dick, I'll say they're a dick without being so on the nose about it. And then I'll I think the principle, the principle there, the principle there is if you can't hide it, highlight it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah, So if someone's genuinely out there to be a dick, you can think about, okay, hang on a second. What is your name, sir? And he's like, I'm Gavin. I go, look, Gavin is straight up just star for attention. There's everyone just on the count of three, gives him a big round of applause. I'm sure that Gavin will get his fix. Ladies and gentlemen, Gavin. Yeah, totally. I've got got a line and that's kind of the reverse on that. So let's say you've got a Muppet that's going like, oh, I saw how you did that or what, you know, let's say for that situation, right? I'll be like, Hey, sorry. What for a second? What's your name, man? Dan. Okay. Hey, sorry. Just one second, everyone, guys. Um, Dan saw how I did it. Everyone's silent. You hear yeah, that, Dan? Yeah. No one gives a shit. Yeah, that's or, a great line. Exactly. Or you and that get the gets person... to laugh. And I promise you, they will not bother you. And again, I won't drop that on a first situation. It's a read the room kind of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, my kind of character can pull that off. But yeah, yeah. there's also the guys that will be narrating like how you're doing what you're doing as you're doing it or at least what they think and i'll ah. just turn i'll just like they're being oh yeah no he um he he pretended he didn't really take the coin then oh no the coin it's going to be under the thing and i'll just turn to them because everyone can hear them murmuring and i'll say look if you could just narrate my whole show that'll make my job way easier and i don't have to say anything so why don't you just Sorry. like say it for everyone to hear I've just I've just thought of a line. I'm gonna share this with everyone. If you can yeah. use it, say be like if someone's doing that, be like, hey, can you sound a little more like David Attenborough while you're doing that? That'd be awesome. It would make it sound yeah, so that's much funny. better. That's funny, man. Yeah. Um, so, that, I, that I funny. say I what I say to that one is I go, I go, dude, stop talking to her. She's trying to watch my show. It's like she's sitting here watching like Star Wars and it's blowing her mind, and you're sitting there going, you know, they use a lot of CGI in this stuff as well. And by the way. Um, I'm like, just leave her alone. Let her watch the show. She's trying to watch the yeah. show, you know? Yeah. And I'll leave yeah, it. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Or my, the other thing I'll use to diffuse the situation is if they're like, um, they, you know, people just in their heads, if they think of a method, that's just, that's how it was done. So they're like, oh, pff, I know how you did that one. <laughs> like they'll, but they'll sometimes say in a very condescending way, like, dude, I know how that one works, but yeah. they'll say, and if they say it in the group setting, I'll be like, wait. Are you telling me, Matt? Are you telling me that magic's not real? Fuck! All right. Well, I'm just <laughs> ruined my whole day now. You know, <laughs> like, or I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, hang on, wait. Were you? Did you think this was real magic before I came up here? You know, and just you make them what? feel like, well, obviously, there's a way it's done. You know, <laughs> you know, I know that. When someone says magic's not real, and I'll determine, I go, yeah, magic's not real. I'm surprised you got to tell me there's no Easter bunny or Jesus. And then I get back into yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 My, my, my favorite one is specifically with the wording of like, I don't believe in magic. I'm just like, I don't believe children of the future and move on. <laughs> Sheesh. That's funny. Well, that's a good note to end on. I don't believe children are the future. That's awesome. There we go. Well, I think, like, let's, this was the thing I'd love to end on is. I expect whenever I get, we have the pleasure of meeting you guys in person, I expect these stories from you. Cause if you guys don't have these stories, it means you haven't performed enough. It's as simple as that. Mm, that's it. Yeah. Go out there, perform, 
Don't be afraid to get caught. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Learn from them. Chat to us about them. We're more than happy to help. Stay awesome. And don't get in fights like uh, Joel Fenton has. Thanks for listening. It's time for us to disappear now. Disappear now. But we'll see you again on the next episode of The Magic Guys. Magic Guys.